1: It's Shake Them Ropes brought to you by my Bookie. Double your deposit using the code ropes. Yes, Chris, we are co-opted this week. Co-opted media. Shake them ropes. Chris Novembrino here with me as always.
0: They brought me here today.
1: <laughs> oh, Chris, uh, my parents bought me a scale. Well,
0: that's a nice <laughs> veiled gift.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, I go on the phone. I go, I'm talking to my parents on uh, Tuesday, because I hadn't spoken to them for a while, and they go, "Yeah, we got you something." Oh, okay. Yeah, be on the lookout for a package. It's a scale, and I went, "Okay, yeah, we've been uh, we've been losing weight. We thought would help you," and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, "I'm a I'm what uh, scientists might call a grown ass man," <laughs> and my parents are still sending me the passive aggressive <laughs> mess like my my mom was always the uh the ooh you need that when when we got christmas gifts as opposed to things you wanted you know <laughs> the uh you know oh here's a cutting board <laughs> you really need one of those jeff <laughs> so uh so i put them on a mailing list for a mortuary <clears throat> Nicely
0: done. Nicely done. And I got to tell you, Jeff, the the scale doesn't really help because I've been working out never being opened. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, I've been working out for the last uh, several weeks here and I have a scale here. And and so I did the initial weigh in. Right. You know, like when you when you decide, all right, I'm going to start working out. I weighed in and I like looked at the number. I was like, okay, And so then I started, like, you know, really grinding it out. I grinded out for a week. I weighed in again. I was like, okay. And now it's become like a near daily obsession. And I've realized that it's utterly useless in this fashion. And yet I can't break the obsession of just weighing in at various points in the day. Like, what do I weigh now? What do I weigh now? I just worked out. Am I down a few pounds? It's it's, the scale's the worst, man. It, It, uh, it lies or it doesn't lie, but it doesn't tell the whole truth either.
1: If I did not have a one bedroom apartment in Los Angeles and if I lived on the first floor, I would have just bought a gym type elliptical and put it in here. But since I have downstairs neighbors, you know, I, I just yeah, I'm it, but it's been hard for me because I'm oddly enough, everybody thinks because I have certain opinions on things that, oh, you're you're probably going out there and. And you know, defying mask orders, right, Mr. Contrarian? It's like, no, I've been fairly locked up since March. Maybe even end of February. I was I was more frightened of this than anybody that I knew. Um
0: What got me into I, trouble was I really refined my cooking skills during this time. Oh
1: yeah, no, no. Like I, I you know, if you go into like a cooking desserts period.
0: I haven't done that. I haven't cooked desserts. I've just gotten, like, way better at barbecue dishes, and, like, I started experimenting with doing, like, Asian cuisine and that sort of thing a little bit more, and just looking up recipes, watching different cooking videos on YouTube, and getting inspired to try different things in the kitchen. And, like, I've gotten much better at cooking, but it shows.
1: Yeah, I uh, I just eat meat and cheese. That's pretty much all I eat. So... Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, I still gotta love my parents. I don't know how, but I do. I think uh, it's so,
0: good to love your parents.
1: Uh, it generally is. Generally, uh, you
0: know, generally, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. put the proviso in there. I, in general, it's good to love your parents. Well, I
1: mean, I remember my dad once came out here for work when he was working. He was working for Sodexo still, and he we're in a i ho- I'm at his room, and we're getting ready to go out to dinner. And he just he looks at me, he goes, "You know what? I'm surprised you never went to prison." And I, you, there's no response to something like that. I'm like where did that, well, you know, you had a bit of a temper growing up, (laughs) like, like, you thought I was gonna go to prison at some point, okay, you know, I, I, it's just one of those things where they're casually cruel without meaning to be, and it's, it's just one of those things where, like, this week it got to me for some reason, I don't know why, I'm, I'm, like I said, grown-ass man, middle-aged man, still kind of mad at his parents, so, anywho, uh, R.I.P. to the great Bullet Bob Armstrong. Um, he is a wrestler. Very influential, especially in Georgia. Very, especially during, you know, early 80s Georgia and also Continental in the mid-80s, I believe. I He's a guy in my youth fandom, I always dreaded when, when Bob Armstrong was coming in. Because you looked at him and he's he was my age at the time i think the first time I, I saw him you know he has he had dad bod and he was in a singlet and he looked ridiculous you thought because this is where growing up in the steroid era warps your brain because you look at the guy and you go oh he's just some old guy who can't fight whatever and this was in the NWA when he'd come and he'd team up with Brad in like the Crockett tournament and he'd have you know occasionally a program here and there And then as I got into college, he was, uh, he was the commissioner in Smoky Mountain Wrestling and he'd do the same kind of things he was doing elsewhere. You know, he'd, you know, he, he had legit tough guy credibility because he was a Marine and he was definitely in shape and he, you know, he, you know, he could talk. He's one of those old school eighties, seventies, eighties guys that, uh, you can tell the greatness of a promo by the number of jacks and daddies And, them. You know, daddy, brother, Jack, I'm going to see you at the Omni, whatever. But there'd always be an angle where he had to leave the promotion or he got suspended and he'd come back under a mask as the bullet and George Thorogood's bad to the bone would play over the speakers and the crowd would go nuts. And as I've rewatched some of the early stuff and tried to become an early historian or amateur historian in some ways, I love Bob Armstrong. He does, he gets so much out of doing what we like to call so little, and by that I mean the basics, arm locks, you know, tags, working the crowd. He had a good fire-up.
0: His fire-up meant something.
1: Oh, his fire-up is fantastic. That's the other thing. I mean, the things I tell you to watch, I posted this on my timeline yesterday but there's a uh camcorder recording of the 87 Crockett cup where he and brad take on luger in his debut in baltimore and tully blanchard and he is he's he's shaking his butt and the crowd is just eating it up eating it out of the palm of his hands and the other thing that was great that i i just recently got to see was uh in georgia he was kind of the guy who was the first setup for roddy piper in georgia when piper was in the carolinas and come into this territory and he's fantastic in that. I you know of course most of most people know like the road dog is a son and Brad Armstrong and Scott Armstrong the referee, you know, big southern wrestling family. Um, and just to me the quintessential dad in wrestling and and I I just I need to go back and watch some matches of his this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think the Armstrongs are a little bit underrated in terms of uh, in their place in history. I, I don't think they get their due.
1: I would agree. But that's also because, you know, like Brad was a great wrestler, but he couldn't talk.
0: He couldn't talk. Right. No, well, I, that what I was thinking about as you're talking about Bullet Bob, the, the difference between the Armstrongs and let's say the Rhodes is that Bob never had the pencil. And I also think that to your point with Brad, Brad was like probably the best all around Armstrong, but he couldn't really talk. uh, At least anecdotally, they always said he was very uh, like charismatic backstage, but it just never translated on screen.
1: Well, the thing about Bob Armstrong is he's very understated in his promos. But you believe him. And that's all you really need in a great promo guy is, you know what, he's you know, he's not screaming and yelling but he's intense and he means it and i i I think there's a lot of that missing to me in say the two major promotions promos around and like for an understated guy the guy you put him against is the bombastic fella and that's why it always worked with with roddy piper that's why he and cornet were such a great duo in smoky mountain you know the understated guy who means what he says versus the bombastic heel, that's just natural wrestling 101.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially when the bombastic heel does not mean what they say. That's what makes <laughs> Cornette such a good foil.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for all Cornette's faults, I mean, he played he played against Armstrong fantastic. And Armstrong, you know, he, he was kind of, I mean, in terms of being an authority figure, I thought he was on TV a little bit too much because it was kind of like, you know, we're starting to get into the mid 90s and that became a thing as opposed to being a non-player character, he became a little bit more of a character. Uh but you know, at the same time, you know, he come out he he dressed like an accountant from 1995, you know, short sleeve shirt, pocket protector, tie, short sleeve button-up shirt with a tie, which is a bold move. A bold fashion statement for anybody but also just belied his toughness, which also made that work as well. It's like I'm this wrestler, this legit tough guy who's being made to take an office job, and I'm almost doing it against my will. And, it, it, it you know, it, it was a look.
0: Well, yeah, some people are so tough that even when you dress them up goofy, they still exude a certain level of toughness.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's hard. And, you know, there there's plenty of great videos. There's a training montage that's around, and God knows I love me some training montages. Uh, yeah, but uh, sad. Uh, go out and seek out some Bob Armstrong this weekend, kids, in respect, especially before payback this Sunday. Uh, a lot of graps this week from when since <laughs> from whence we last came, Chris. Uh, starting on Saturday morning with talking smack, which I watched, and a lot of people tagged me on it because they wanted me to watch Biggie basically tell me i'm wrong i'm fine with being wrong about about uh you know kofi needing to put on more main event cred and also biggie in order to uh really establish himself as a star look i don't have to work there biggie does and i think biggie was also not so subtly you know saying hey i'm working in a racist environment here
0: yeah i think that one way or another, the log rolling will go away if he becomes the champion just because of logistics. But, uh, hey, you know, he's entitled to his own opinion on it. It's his, his career.
1: Yeah, the uh, interplay with Miz was a little bit uncomfortable for me to watch because, God, God bless Miz, Miz is taking the, uh, well, you know, you do have to grab the brass ring company line. And, you know, every anybody who's watched this company for any number of years knows that's BS. They they just know. So you know it becomes a bootstrapping it becomes Even a, boot, it becomes a, a speech. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it's just weird. Um after that I watched uh the Bailey Sasha Untold special. Well worth your time, I think. I I think Sasha's kind of playing a little bit too much of the boss on camera, but I think that's what she has to do. And Bailey <laughs> Bailey just kinda has his laid back Almost uh, self-deprecating, yeah. Sasha wanted me to do this, so I did it, kind of thing. Did you get to watch that yet?
0: I did not. No, there was so much wrestling to watch, Jeff.
1: That was right after SummerSlam. I thought maybe you'd leave it on. Um, I I didn't mean to put you on the spot either. No, it's it's uh, it's worth it to watch these two because they also go into some of the uh, gamesmanship in terms of like they wouldn't pra- they weren't allowed to practice moves. Because they were afraid that guys would go to agents and say, ooh, they're planning on doing this. Tell them they can't do this because they'll upstage us. And you know there is that.
0: I believe that. I believe that.
1: And then Saturday night on the WWE Network at Full Sail University, NXT TakeOver 30, where my favorite wrestler, Pat McAfee, (laughs) blew everybody away. Pat McAfee cuts a great promo, goes out there blows all of us out of the water in terms of what we thought he could do. I had forgotten about the anecdote that he had gotten drunk one night and bought a called up high spots and ordered a wrestling ring which was then delivered to his house and then he had like Rip Rogers and others come in and and coach him. I had forgotten all about that. But damn if Pat McAfee I loved the match. I loved the promo before the match. I loved the flip off the top rope. I loved the superplex. It was a well-worked match, not just a well-worked match for the first time of the guy doing it. It was a damn good match, Chris.
0: Yeah, no, he everything he wanted to do, he did well. My only critique of McAfee's performance is that there was maybe one high spot too many for the story of the match. And I also thought that the finish of the match, like the way Cole was posturing was oddly heelish and they never quite settled in on a concrete baby face or heel dynamic. But McAfee for his debut match put the NXT performance center training system into serious question. Because if a guy who is not a professional wrestler has other obvious demonstrable career goals and responsibilities can train in wrestling with the assistance of people who have been associated with the company at various points in the past, like Rip Rogers, but like not actively right now. And he can train in his spare time for this. Like, what are they learning in this performance center? Because there are so many people on this roster who are either not as talented as Pat McAfee, and so maybe he's just actually very talented, and we're all selling him a little bit short here, or they are not getting, like, the good wrestling training, the training that you actually need to have ring IQ.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's also training as a professional wrestler versus a WWE superstar. And, you know, they always, they love to say that they're training them different, but really, anybody who... Goes there and doesn't know yet how to wrestle. They don't learn how to wrestle. They don't learn how to and. Uh,
0: yeah, like how crazy is this that like you can train as a professional wrestler part time in between your regular full time career and have a better sense of how to operate in a wrestling ring than train full time as a WWE sports entertainer.
1: Yes, you can, you can learn the pattern of a WWE match. You can learn how to do the, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't pin them face. You know, the, the, the pinning after the finisher, looking at the hard camera stuff. But you don't learn how to.
0: You learn their template, but you don't learn why their template is the template and what their template is based off of and the conventions and kind of like that broader context thing.
1: You learn the notes, but you don't learn the feel between the notes. You don't learn how to work the crowd and really, you know, what do I need to do at this moment to then make them hate me or love me as opposed to, okay, this is the moment where I do something bad and then I'll play it up. It's like being a musician and then learning jazz and then they tell you to do a solo. So you write out a solo. It's like, no, you're supposed to. You know, you know the keys. Play some notes and do what you feel, as opposed to do what you think sounds good.
0: And and having a sense of the music, like actually knowing knowing what you're doing, um, and like that was the thing that really kept kind of staring me in the face as I was watching Cole and McAfee is that McAfee McAfee gets why things are generally supposed to be done. Like there is the one hiccup where he goes to go and punt the stairs. And like, he doesn't quite know how to sell the spot and he pauses for a second before going, ah, and so his foot, which is kind of funny, but like the dude, the dude actually gets why these spots are in the match. And what's the point to them? Like he needed to sell that his foot was not 100% when he went and did the punt later on in the match. And that's why they did that.
1: Yeah. Rest of the card I thought was pretty good up until the main event and the main event star slow, but like Dakota Kai, that match eventually got on track, although it's now more of a Raquel Gonzalez um, showcase. I, you know, the anything, uh, oh, well, I mean, new NXT champ Karrion Cross, who then had to relinquish, but uh, anything major from NXT that stuck out to you?
0: No, like Finn Balor, Tim Thatcher thought that that was really good. Yeah. That really overdelivered. I um, like I like yeah. that
1: a lot more than I thought I would.
0: Ladder match, I liked that less. I wouldn't say less than I thought I would, but like I didn't. I mean, it was it was a match, and it was there, and it was. Oh, fine.
1: I did. I I don't know what it is, but I think I think it's just being in a performance center, a stunt show, crash all bodies match, without a crowd oohing and eyeing comes off as lame I think
0: yeah I think that's a good way of putting it um is that the only problem with this match would this match have been good in front of a hot crowd uh, that's that's what I was thinking too is like I was trying to like transport it into my mind back to 2017 or whatever like would this have been hot I i don't know yeah it's
1: too much now it's my turn to do this spot now it's your turn to do this spot take me out so that this other person can do their spot there's there's way too many timing things going on where where if it gets messed up everything gets messed up i just Yeah, I was kind of. there's not enough
0: beef between these five guys either, because a lot of times what makes multi man ladder matches fun, if they're going to be fun, I don't always love them. But like if they're going to be fun, what makes it fun is that you have all these different storylines that are at this pivotal intersection and everyone gets to tell a little bit of the next beat of their story during this match. And like these guys don't really have uh, a ton of heat.
1: The one moment in the match that entertained the hell out of me was Cameron Grimes pulling out the small ladder and go, "Who put this here?" That one killed me. I loved it. But other than that, yeah. And then carrying Cross versus Keith Lee was weird because, of course, Karen Cross separates his shoulder during the match. Um, it felt plotting at times. It was.
0: It shouldn't have been that long, was my yeah. thought. Like yeah. the way you were presenting Karen Cross, so like that would have solved two problems. One, he wouldn't have gotten hurt, um, probably. Uh, but like the other part of it is that th- the way they were presenting him, he's just supposed to break through these barriers or whatever. And Keith, like, it's very clear that they wanted to get the belt off of him. So, like, I, I, I don't get. I don't get what having his swan song match be long does for Carrying Cross, and like at the end of the day, did very little for Carrying Cross.
1: True debt. Um, then I watched uh, AEW Dynamite on Saturday. I thought, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was very sad. I thought it was very entertaining. I love Thunder Rosa's coming in. I think that's going to be a great little match with her and uh, Sheeta. I thought Cody and Brody Lee was everything it should have been. I have no problem with a guy coming in there and just running a guy over and taking a belt to establish himself. My favorite little moment was uh, the locker room interview with FTR and Tully where Dax just marks out just for a second watching Tully start his promo. And I went, God, that guy must be thrilled right now. But, man, what an entertaining Saturday night I thought for wrestling.
0: Yeah, so this was like good aew. what What a difference between the two different aew shows. We'll get right? to this. Yeah, yeah, right, no, no, like we're on the good one right now. so let let's stay there. Um, the one down point uh, on the Saturday show was the announcement of the mimosa Mayhem match, which is a match format that like, who needs to see this? And it's gonna be. Uh, a tank of orange juice, eighty gallons of orange juice, with five hundred cases of champagne, and you can win by—it's a dunk tank match, Jeff. It's a dunk tank match. It's an orange juice dunk tank. Chris, match.
1: you're gonna have some fighting words with my friends because quite a few of them love this. Oh, I, good, good I, for I, them. I reacted, I reacted the same way you did, but I think this is now Jericho's spot—is comedy mid-card heel guy.
0: Well, then he'll have to get funnier.
1: I think we're going to get to that, too, when we get to Wednesday, huh? Or yeah. Thir- yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, okay, real quickly, though, one last good thing. I think that having Mr. Brody Lee murder Cody in this match was really good, um, yeah. even if you didn't, like, love every single beat of the, like, stretcher job thing. I liked it, and they kept him off on this episode of Dynamite. So, like, I don't know. Give him credit on that. Um, I, like, I like the big, surprising, decisive victory for Mr. Brody Lee.
1: Uh, for me, it helped reestablish the Dark Order as something that entire beat down with the stretcher and the celebration at least for <laughs> at least Sunday for a few nights. to Thursday. Yeah. yeah, at least for a couple nights. I, I, I was really like, oh, good. A main event heel stable that takes things seriously. Yes, that's exactly what I want. Um, across the board, I thought the numbers were pretty good for both Aew and NXT on their nights. We have about 1.5 million people and they're split between the two brands and they get their half every week. I'm, you know, yes, the, the demos are slightly different. I get that. And I get that the demos are better for Aew and uh, they're winning the Wednesday night stuff. But when you move these shows to different nights, the audiences seem to follow. I think that's or. You get new fans from one watching the other. I don't know which is which, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a positive for both.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. And, I mean, you know, the, the the elephant in the room is still like the WWE main roster stuff is still outdrawing all the Wednesday night stuff.
1: SummerSlam, enjoyable, especially, especially because God knows you and I and others dragged down these main roster pay-per-views. I thought SummerSlam was an easy watch. I thought all the women's matches were great, including Sonia and, and Mandy Rose doing uh doing ECW out of nineteen ninety nine. I think it was a tajiri match I'm thinking of. Uh especially with that uh throwing the chairs across the table spot. Uh, you know, Sasha, Bailey and Asuka are fan tastic God, they're great. I thought the the uh I loved the ending of, of the Randy Orton. Um, Drew McIntyre match, simple backslide beats him.
0: The only thing I would have done different at the end of that match is I would have had it been a little bit more sophisticated of a pinning combination than a backslide, but I have no problem with the finish being a pinning combination, especially for the babyface champion. Like that makes perfect sense.
1: WWE got a little bit in its own way with the Sasha Bailey thing. Basically, <laughs> The story is there that she doesn't help Sasha. But
0: That's also not what the blocking suggests. The blocking was not
1: there. And they're still putting this over on commentary. Oh, Bailey chose not to help her friend. No, Bailey couldn't help her friend because she got Asuka's butt right at her. Like, if anything, Sasha should be
0: mad at Bailey. No. Because no, no, because Bailey tried to help. But was unable to help. It'd be the heel way, like it'd be Sasha turning heel on Bailey here. Um, but Sasha should be mad at Bailey because S- Bailey tried to help but was unable to successfully help. Um, and this would be like a heel motivation instead of like you know what they're trying to do here, where it feels like Sasha's the face and Bailey's the heel.
1: It should be, well, and that's the way it should be, and it's going to be that way. But for a company that never does subtlety. It's obvious you just have her choose not to help Sasha. That's all they had to do, and they put that over on commentary, and they didn't show that. And you're just like, and they continued that tonight, and you're just like, okay, now we just have to move on because if right, no, think no, about that, this anymore, well,
0: yeah, it's it's done. No, I, I'm saying that they did still have this way out. You just flip the script on who's the face and who's the heel. You have Sasha go heel because, and she's mad at Bailey because Bailey didn't help her successfully cheat.
1: Uh, You know, the Dominic Mysterio match with Seth Rollins was quite good. Yeah, uh, he was not bad, right? Yeah. I Yeah. It's like, man, all these guys who don't go through the PC. show yeah, Showing
0: them up a bit. The Performance Center and the NXT model of training and developing new talent is under a serious indictment here by Dominic Mysterio and Pat McAfee. Think about that sentence.
1: Let me slide in here before I talk about the main event because there was a moment during the Dominic Mysterio match I I think needs addressing. I understand people want to stick it to the man. I understand people don't like Vince McMahon. I understand people may not even like Thunderdome. To me, don't put clan rallies on your computer screen so that they're broadcast. I, I get I get the I get the sentiment. Don't get me wrong, but you're not helping. You're hurting the performers, you're taking away from them. you're drawing focus from them. and that made me mad because this guy put there was a beheading on the video too, and before they got wind of it 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 was it was tacky. This was right as uh Dominic was about to jump off the top rope and then uh, I believe retribution came in during this match, correct?
0: Oh, God, I, I, you know, retribution has caused so much chaos here. And they the caused last no chaos weeks. this week. None. It, it, well, they the chaos, I'm still traumatized from the, the previous time they destroyed that box.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> boxes have fallen, Chris. Back to you. <laughs> uh,
0: the the lights flickered too. I I dude, man. I love the recap packages of Retribution where like they have to show Kevin Owens dealing with his microphone going out momentarily, and like that's one of the worst things they've ever done.
1: It's an angry member of the audio visual club. Oh, I'm gonna play with the lights and the sound. Look at me. Um Yeah, and then the return of one Roman Reigns. Kind of interesting. Um, I loved the angle
0: at the end of SummerSlam. So, okay. Like, Bray Wyatt aside, uh, my issues with Bray Wyatt are known. I thought that Bray and Braun, for them, had a fine match, even though it was mm kind of like lifting the Tommaso Ciampa-Johnny Gargano match from NXT a couple years ago. Like, whatever. It was fine. Um, And then Roman returns, and they did a good job creating a big angle where Roman set up heat with both Bray and Braun, but it's not clear if he was a baby face, if he was a heel, if he was somewhere in between, like if he was doing an anti-hero thing. And it left the options really open, but in a way that made sense, but also gave the writing team time to decide which direction they were going to go.
1: Yes, it gave the writing team plenty of time, which Vince McMahon did not give them plenty of time, but we will get to that in a moment now. I'd like to thank our sponsor, MyBookie. It's summertime, and at MyBookie, that can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At MyBookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet the NBA playoffs, bet the NHL NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. Trust me, Chris, there, you can bet on almost anything on this thing. You can bet on the Emmys. You can bet on who's going to host uh, Ellen DeGeneres' first talk show when it starts in the fall. And, and Ellen ain't the favorite. Let us put it that way. You can bet the election. Uh, craziest. My mom sport. is
0: not taking the Ellen thing uh, yeah. very well. No, no, she's having a hard time with this one. <laughs>
1: The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition, select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting, which is also cool. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross sports, wagers, props, and parlays await, kids. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at mybookie. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S. That way they know that we sent you. Get in there. You can bet payback this weekend. It's a pretty good bet with Roman at plus 150. I don't think they've seen the results of Smackdown yet so go in there and smash that thing and make some cash that's my bookie and we thank them for their patronage and they'll be here for uh quite a few weeks happy about that okay chris monday comes they have plenty of time to do some writing vince mcmahon comes in throws out the script half hour before airtime as he is wont to do
0: Doing it live. It's one of the, the edgy things about Raw. And, no, man. I'm the better thing. under
1: pressure, Chris. You don't right, understand. No, we have
0: so much data now, too, to prove that definitively, that when they do this toss-out-the-script thing half an hour before, what you get is just solid gold.
1: It's the juice, man. It's the juice. We can- Pressure diamonds, baby.
0: Pressure diamonds.
1: <laughs> Keith Lee makes his debut without his theme song, and dressed up and, and covered up and I, I just I
0: Vince doesn't like Keith Lee it feels
1: it feels that way it feels like well I think he might like him but he's fat and God knows we can't have beefy boys on TV with a little bit of a gut can't have Vader out there he's not a badass I just and that's what it felt like to me the bodysuit I looked at that and went Vader he thinks he's, <laughs> I, I, I retched at this. I retched more at the bodysuit than I did the change of the theme song to catchphrase and generic guitar music. I think and I feel like that's a just
0: one. to cheap him out of him doing the performance of his theme song. Like I, I think there's like legal rights and it's really kind of just to, you know, take that out of him. But like, if he doesn't have a good theme song that fits him, he will never be over when, if you're back in front of live audiences,
1: I think it's that my theme
0: song is never going to be over with people and it doesn't even fit him.
1: It was like hard rock. I, I think this might be a CFO thing where they they need to change the music, but God knows I didn't like it at first either, but when he sang his own theme song, it made him feel like a bigger deal. It did. I, th- I thought I thought the whole, uh, you know, and in the in the pause with Keith Lee where everybody yeah, knows his no, name.
0: It's important. I, yeah. I think there needs to be an aura with him. Like, they, dude, they got Bobby Roode over with a good theme song. Um, and, and if he has this, I, I just don't... I mean, he feels like uh, just a destined-for-the-mid-card-Andrade-Cedric-Alexander-doing-stuff-in-the-first-hour-of-Raw sort of guy, which is ridiculous, because he's Keith Lee.
1: I, I get the introduction of him. I didn't like the promo either. I think it's a little bit too, hello, Mr. Orton, blah, 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 blah. It's like... Uh, it's this weird passive-aggressive thing where, hey, remember me? I kicked people's butts in the rumble, and you just hurt my friend? <laughs> it's
0: weird because he's there in the buddy role yeah. as the guy who loses before Orton goes back and challenges the main star of the movie.
1: He's Donald Gibbon Bloodsport. He's the guy that's going to get his butt kicked.
0: I got this. I can beat him, man. I no, man. Him, you're man. not you're not ready. You're but not your leg,
1: ready. Your leg's hurting right now. <laughs> no, nah, man. I got the, <laughs> and then, I have the heart of
0: it. I'm a former champion. I can do this.
1: <laughs> and then he just breaks his leg in half. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tears it off <laughs> and throws it around. And just, yeah. <laughs> he got what, four minutes against Randy Orton before the running? And you're just like, nah, that doesn't make you a star.
0: No. No, he's, he's been put a into a
1: support. Yeah, yeah. Randy
0: Orton could totally lose a match.
1: Yeah, I, Randy Orton's a Teflon guy, kind of like Asuka. You can give them the occasional loss, and it'll do nothing to hurt them.
0: I don't understand why you couldn't have Keith Lee beat Randy Orton in a distraction finish in his first night on Raw. Like, I, that wouldn't affect the Drew McIntyre-Randy Orton program at all. It would give you the option to insert Keith Lee if you wanted to. Um, and you could have it kind of be like a, yeah, Drew, you did a good thing, but it kind of bitch in the butt sort of situation. But, uh, like instead you have this non finished thing and it feels like, okay, now Keith Lee will have another match. Well, no, they won't because there's another pay-per-view this weekend, but why insert Keith Lee into this program? I I'm really lost here.
1: I was expecting an RKO. I got to be honest. I thought he was going to oh, yeah, be I thought dead on the first lose. night.
0: Yeah, I thought he was going to lose. No, I mean, he inevitably loses, right? Like, like he does not beat Randy Orton.
1: He might That's... lose Sunday.
0: <laughs> Keith Lee?
1: Yeah. He might lose Sunday. I I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I've watched it. I went, nah. Not, not the thing that... Uh, Was the worst, but I'll get to that. But uh, where do you fall? Because I honestly, I go back and forth on this. Okay. Drew McIntyre got punted three times in the head. Are you uncomfortable with that due to concussion stuff? Or do you say it's fake?
0: Yes. Not necessarily because of the concussion stuff. Okay. Here's my angle.
1: Does it it. get him over?
0: This was my thought about the concussion angle. Is that. He should be concussed at least in WWE kayfabe right now. So he should be unable to be in the match. Yeah. On Sunday. I, I mean, like, I wasn't uncomfortable. Like, I, you know, like, is it good? I mean, it's fake punting, so I'm not worried about, like, an unprotected chair shot. But... If you're going to do the punt and the punt's going to mean anything, then it has to mean that Drew McIntyre's concussed and I don't know, maybe there's a penalty on Randy Orton too. Some sort of deal where like he's suspended for 14 days or something. I don't know.
1: Normal stars get con- normal stars get concussed after one. Drew can take 3 because he's a real man. <laughs> I just go, "Oh. How about you just put over the punt?"
0: <laughs> I I mean, the option this might be where they're going on Sunday, is that the concussions start to bother him during the match.
1: No, no, he's not in the match. It's Keith Lee and Randy
0: Orton. Oh, okay, Keith Lee and Randy Orton, yeah. Yeah,
1: because he's mm. fighting for his friend. They did a, they did another weird promo where he got angry, which I liked, but it was just, you know, it's that stilted dialogue type thing. Uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler will be your tag team opponents for... For Bailey and Sasha and everything about this just, I, someone is, someone yelled at Shayna Baszler, I think about acting or something like that, because she is a nervous performer. I'm watching her and she's trying to remember lines. She doesn't have the swagger necessarily. She's being very cautious with her words and she's doing fish sauce jokes on, on raw talk. But everything about the Nia Shana interactions was some community theater stuff, Chris.
0: Yeah, those interactions, and then again on SmackDown when they're oh. talking to Bailey and Sasha, and it's like a bad episode of Star Trek. They're talking yeah. to people on the screen.
1: Well, SmackDown had a theme of nobody likes each other, even though they're pairing with each other. It's it's nuts. We'll get to that. Any yeah, other well, thoughts yeah, on right. Raw? um
0: uh alistair black heel turn oh yeah yeah um it was weird
1: okay yeah i'm fine with it i know
0: no i I think it's i think it's a good place to go um i'm trying to see if there's anything else that bobby
1: lashley clearing out the underground okay with that
0: yeah Uh, but the underground has sort of like lost steam and i liked it more when it was uh my dude uh dabba that guy like i i I think i liked the that and the uh who's the other guy that uh riddick moss riddick moss like i like that format of if it has to exist at all i prefer that to the skitlet things in the back
1: well, I was waiting, I was thinking, okay, <laughs> I was thinking it would lead to something. Oh, Jeff, oh, you fool, oh, you it, moron. It came
0: from nothing, so it's going to lead back to nothing.
1: No, it's just for for Shane there to go, oh, man, that's awesome, oh, man, it's lit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> His reactions to every moment is just that.
1: Yeah, it is, and you're just like, mm, Okay we get to Wednesday night and NXT interesting surprise Wade Barrett on commentary late of the NWA I I feel bad for Nigel McGinnis I like Wade Barrett a lot don't get me wrong I, I I was thinking they may put him back in the ring at some point but I I just I think maybe his time has come and gone and uh but uh you know, he I, and- I just
0: I diverge from you on this one. I, I'm always glad to see Stu Bennett, Wade Barrett back on the microphone. No, yeah. I think he's
1: good. I, I, no, I, I, I think I he's slagging. good
0: with Vic, too. I've always liked their synergy.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's also, I just don't know what's going to go on with Vic. Are they going to keep him and dump Morrow? Is he going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers when there's a normal season? I, I just... I need to find out more about this to be honest with you um,
0: I think it speaks to the general sense of instability though in the NXT brand especially yes. when you have carrying Cross opening up this show Wade Barrett's all of a sudden on commentary Karrion Cross is dropping the title and then we also have a title change of the tag team champions right immediately after in the next segment like it just the product doesn't have the sense of continuity and stability that it had. And I know like that's a talking point that we keep hitting on, but it's true. And like when you have all three of these things happening right in the opening segment, it sort of throws that point right back in your face.
1: A very time worn warning that Lucha underground had an issue with. There's an issue with this. You cannot introduce the supernatural into professional wrestling because if it becomes a rule, then you cannot explain that somebody became injured and can not be healed by the supernatural. And I think that's a big problem with this Karrion Cross thing. I got no problem with him having to relinquish the title, but his girlfriend's shooting fireballs out of contracts all of a sudden, as opposed to, you know, throwing a fireball in the face, which... I don't know if that was ever supernatural or not, but it's been kind of established that she's a witch, right? Or a vampire or something. Has uh, we, have I, we see, not I don't know this? that they
0: ever really decided or what do they just carrying impl- cross is. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they kind of imply various things with him, but I, I feel like one of his issues so far has been he talks too much.
1: I agree. And I, I just- think
0: when he comes back, he needs to talk about half as often as he does, maybe a third as often.
1: So he relinquishes the title, separated shoulder, and we will be getting a four-way elimination match between Gargano, the returning Tommaso Ciampa, who I believe is now a heel, Finn Balor, who I believe is now a (laughs) babyface, and Adam Cole, baby. Uh, Face. Yes, I think it'll be fine. Um, It'll be a good match. Who do you have out of that four taking the title?
0: I don't think it's going to be Adam Cole. So.
2: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then,
0: Maybe we get a Finn Balor transitional title run.
1: That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Balor wins, and then when uh, when Cross comes back, he kills him.
0: Yeah, I could see that. That makes some sense.
1: I liked the Ciampa beat beatdown of poor Jake Atlas. I just don't think they see much in Jake, or they're gonna keep him around till he's 35, and then finally push him. Uh, but I dug the beatdown. I, I I dug the DDT off of the off the gurney. You know, I I like heel Champa better than face Champa.
0: Okay, so here's my second pick then for that match, Champa. And then when Cross comes back, he kills Champa a second time and That'd sets up the that sets up this long form story arc where Champa has to like get back the win eventually.
1: New NXT tag champs in Brizongo. They took the titles off of Imperium, presumably because they're going to restart tapings in NXT UK, and I think they're going back there. I find that disappointing. I like NXT UK. It's just not appointment viewing for me, necessarily. I love Imperium. I think they could be so much more in the States as foreign heels, which is a trope of wrestling that's existed for decades. Um... Fine match, but I'm a little sad about it.
0: Yeah, it's disappointing that Imperium's going back because I think the lack of continuity and stability over there in NXT UK has been way worse throughout the lifespan of the promotion. Ever since know, Pete Dunne hasn't been kind of steadily in the picture as the champion, NXT UK has been on life support. And then when the life support was taken off for a while, I just... I don't... How much interest is the restart of NXT UK really going to generate?
1: Let's see. Robert Stone got run over by another tank. Hooray. Mm. Um, (laughs)
0: Looks like they're going going with Shotzi
1: Blackheart. For a push.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They... They like Shotzi Blackheart, and, and I bet in front of live audiences, she is popular. So, like, I am completely willing to concede that my thoughts on Blackheart are not maybe necessarily shared by the masses writ large. Um, I can sort of put a divorce between those two things, but I still think she's just herky-jerky when it comes to doing her, ma- her matches. Some moves look good, other moves look really loose.
1: She has great ideas that the body cannot do. That's my knock on her, always. Uh, or at least she can't do. Let's put it that way. Um, she has a hook. She has a good hook. And that appeals to people who maybe, let's put it this way, used to writing main roster characters, such as, say, Road Dog, and Triple H, HBK. I I see it. She's Um, right for
0: their system. Absolutely. And if she can get down to, like, a five to seven moves of doom sort of format Mm -hmm. and just get those moves down, I think she can have a really successful run here. But, like, yeah, right now, there's just a – there's a lot of chaos in her matches and, like, not necessarily in in the good way. Like, I I find just – the selling can be off, and I, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of things going on. I don't want to obviously under too well much.
1: liked because yeah, you know Bailey clearly. wouldn't be doing the. Arr, arr, I lost my voice on that one. It's been a long night. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I did the other week, but I, I don't. I don't really have one in me right now. Zoom
1: crashing. Just uh, um, yeah. Uh, anything else from NXT that uh, floated your boat?
0: Uh. Santos Escobar and Swerve Scott does not really float my boat. Um, I, uh, do, do, do. I liked Drake Maverick and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, I thought th- I thought that was fun. Drake Maverick are always good as an underdog, and I, I just like I like Kyle O'Reilly's match style. Uh, I just he's he's always a fun watch for me.
1: Yeah, I thought they might give Drake a little bit more and kind of make him the. Uh... Italian stallion slash Pez Watley of NXT, the gatekeeper guy. You know, looks like they're turning Kyle O'Reilly babyface and breaking him off from the Undisputed Era.
0: I think they're turning all of the era babyface. I'd say Baby
1: maybe Roddy,
0: maybe, um, but like it was weird because like Killian Dane coming in at the end and him staying heel. Made me go, huh? M- maybe that means that the undisputed, like, because like the normal default would be the undisputed era are the heel faction. Dane comes in, he makes an unlikely face turn, and him and Drake Maverick face up against you know like Fish and O'Reilly or whoever the next week. Um, but I don't know. I I think maybe the era are actually faces now.
1: Well, if you remember, Roddy took a chair and Bobby Fish, they were going to go beat up on them, and, and Kyle O'Reilly kind of went, what are you guys doing? So unless mm. it's one of those things where each week another member decides to have a moment of conscience, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, I, I just think it's – I think there's going to be a schism in the Undisputed Era, and they're just going to fight each other.
0: Cole and O'Reilly will be the good guys, and Fish and Roddy Strong will be the heels. Yep. Huh?
1: I think that's happening. Um, I don't remember anything else from NXT, but
0: I, uh, uh, Gonzalez gets the pin on Rhea Ripley and oh, kind of yeah. Dakota Kai and Io Shirai end up in the back, sta- back seat of that storyline. You know, I like Raquel Gonzalez a lot. Um,
1: Boy, uh, Dakota Kai became the sidekick in a week. Yeah. Actually in three days. Yeah. Deferring to her and everything. I, I, yeah. uh, I don't like the move. I think she's the personality of the group.
0: I yeah, I, I as I said, I like Gonzalez. I think she's yeah. shown like especially like in her more uh, cowboyed up version, there's just like a certain like rugged toughness thing and especially like that in contrast to Rhea Ripley versus this look which looks kind of like a weird mirror image of Rhea Ripley. Um like I, she's got Sonia
1: Deville. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. like, Trisha goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, they look exactly alike. I'm like, yeah, they kind of do.
0: Yeah. Um. So, like, in this, you know, iteration, yeah, like, I, I'm not uninterested in the Rhea ripley Reina Gonzalez match, but uh, it's weird to see Dakota Kai become a sidekick.
1: I think it'll be fun to watch Rhea Ripley work from underneath. Yes. She kind of did a bit against Charlotte Flair, and trust me, I will take Raquel Gonzalez- pounding down Charlotte Flair to see if she has Baby Fates fire, too. Because that's needed. It's needed on the main roster. And Tamina Snuka won't be able to do that. So I, I, I'm fine with that. I just, yeah. I, I just, the pivot was stark to me. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Then we get to AEW Thursday. Hmm. <laughs> We are building for this pay-per-view, and so we have a table match, a contract signing, a gauntlet match, a this match, a that match. This was chilies. This was, we had, you know... I had to of do math the,
0: at the beginning of this show. Who's the number one, the number two, the number three?
1: Instead of the basics, we have, we have basics with a lot of special sauces and a lot of gimmicks and it was taking away from basic food in my opinion. I I found a lot of this. I mean, we had angles and skits all over the place. Uh, you know, where where to begin here? Um I'll,
0: want to I'll throw just some, go match I'll, by match on this one cuz well, like just, you had to I don't, do the, I don't gauntlet. Have the card in front of me so I have the card. So okay, we we it. start off with the Young Bucks versus the Natural nice ma- Nightmares. And this is like a nice little match. Like this was a good match. And it, it kind of makes sense. Like the natural progression of this match is it feels like the young bucks are going to end up facing FTR because FTR is the like they're the number one ranked team or whatever. And so they get to come in last in the gauntlet. And like we've had the storyline going with the young bucks and FTR. So, okay, cool. Um, they have this match with the natural nightmares. Pretty good. Any thoughts on it? All right, so then we go to the Best Friends versus the Young Bucks. This was a very long match, and for the Young Bucks, like I know they've given the Best Friends a little bit of love on their TV, but like it feels like the Young Bucks should have gotten through this match much easier than they did.
1: I agree, and I think the Adam Cole thing was fine, but uh, I also think it's a red herring.
0: Yes, right? Like, uh, eyeliner, uh, Adam Page... Uh, Oh,
1: God, yes. The guy liner was strong.
0: Then when Tony goes, Oh, man, there's something different about his eyes. I was like, No. Like, if they had just, if he had just had it and you didn't say it, it would have been one thing. But once you say that, like, that everyone's like, Oh, yeah, I guess he's wearing eyeliner. (laughs)
1: Going to call my shot, I think Adam Cole did it, or Adam Cole, Adam Page did it because he didn't want to fight his friends.
0: Yes, right. No, because he really loves them, and, Mm -hmm. like, I think maybe he even slows down on the drinking or whatever. But But Kenny's the jerk. Yes, exactly. Right.
1: Um, Okay, Uh, next And then
0: that gets to FTR defeating Best Friends.
1: Fine match. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I liked it. Um, I, I I just thought that uh, we could have gotten out of the Best Friends Young Bucks one a little bit faster and gotten into this one a little bit faster. But um, yeah. Uh, oh, my, one other thought on the Young Bucks match. like They did several pinning combinations, or they did several moves on the Best Friends that should have been pinning combinations. And like they got clean kickouts. Like, that should have at least been the tag team partner coming in and getting a break.
1: Yeah, and there was a moment in the FTR match where they made the tag, and then Rick Knox was trying to enforce it and then stopped enforcing it. And it just it drove me nuts watching it a little bit, but that's nitpickery.
0: I I know. I that's much that. like
1: you and Chris Jericho. <laughs> is it nitp-
0: <laughs> is it nitpickery, Jeff? Is I'm it just, re- I'm just trying
1: to set you up for your rant here. Go.
0: Oh dear God, is it really nitpickery? So okay. There was the one episode of Dynamite. Several months ago, where Jericho was on with Shivani, and they had a fun little repartee. Jericho was pretty funny that time. He he winged off a few ones like you know skiavone and just different little one liners or whatever. And they were very funny on that show. And ever since that one hot night, he has come back and he has retold those jokes that were funny improvised in the moment the one time and he's getting diminishing returns on all of them. But this was the worst of all of the shows he's done because he was actively like sabotaging different storylines because he didn't know where he was going with these sentences. Sometimes he'd say he'd hate somebody and then he wouldn't even know why he hated that person.
1: Yeah. We had a couple of instances of taking up all the oxygen in the room and ruining interplay like Jake Roberts during that entire segment with Taz and his guys needed to back off. He really did. He, 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 oh, he was interrupting guys. He was trying to get over on Taz. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You're not helping your guy. You're helping the Jake.
0: Yourself. There's too many managers, right? Like, and the Jake and Lance angle is kind of weird. And like, they, they've lost a thread somewhere in that storyline. Uh, I think they can get it back on track, but Jake, to your point, talks way too much. Um, the FTW title doesn't mean anything if it never really gets defended. Um, and like, you need to see cage more on dynamite.
1: One mind that um, I was happy with Tana Conti joining the dark order. Did she join the dark order? I think she is. She better. She's great. I'd, I'd like her more than Anna J to do it. Cause I think she's a better character. See, I
0: read this as. I
1: like Anna J. Don't get me wrong. I think she's. But I love them as a team. I think them as a team would be great, especially taking out Brandy and Allie.
0: I read this as her um, thinking that she was actually friends with Anna J. And that, like, they actually had a real friendship going. And she's going to realize that Anna J. is, like, 100% Dark Order tanky. Um, and that they're not actually friends.
1: I would do it the other way because I think Tainara Conte number one doesn't have a great grasp of English. Uh, you know, she she can speak it, but you know, it's not promo wise her strength. I, you know, I she was just like like so
0: sunshiny, happy, huggy, like oh we're buddy. Like she was too happy. She wasn't like. Bought into the weird culty thing, but then like also like we'll get into Dark Order here in a bit.
2: Oh
1: is yes, that really a, is that really That's a next. place you want to be? That's next. Um, we can go down the road for a while though with those two. And it's kind of I'm, kind of like the Colcabana thing because it looks like Colt's gone all in. So yeah, I mean I I'm I'm happy to go down the road for a while, but uh, I was happy I'm happy to have more Tina as she gets better hopefully because I I think WWE will regret not keeping her around. Although she'll improve as a wrestler, not being in WWE, as we've talked about on the PC thing. Yes. The dark order, Chris, I'm watching the promo and I'm watching Mr. Brody. And I am my, my inner wrestling fan is metaphorically. I will say getting off on this promo. I'm loving the whole no more indie guys getting a chance thing. The anger, the passion, the hate in this promo. I loved it. I adore it. I'm like, oh, here we go. We've made the we've made the Dark Order serious as opposed to wacky, goofy, spooky, and as opposed to being the elite Dark Order. And then we get the John Silver callback from being the elite comedy shtick. And I don't mind having a patsy that you beat up a bit, but man, it broke my mood. It absolutely Took me out of this, and I just that went. was
0: part of it. And then the other part of it was when they all started doing BS chants, like the "You deserve it" and everything like that. Like yeah. what the the Dark Order being that sycophantic, especially when you're supposed to. I have no problem with the pecking order, right? Like, and, and and I get how you can even have like you know three be the low man on the totem pole and have ten be like ten be, and that's kind of what's going on there too. Like the ten guys, like the big dude. But they all shouldn't be engaged in, like, oh, yeah, boss, you're doing a great job, boss. Uh, like, like that level of uh, clappiness. Um, it was even beyond that. It was beyond, like, what the Joker's henchmen would do for the Joker. Like, this is... Them doing the fake chance took me out of it. And then when he hit Silver, that was like... It, it was just too much. Uh, Mr. Brody Lee was doing a good promo. I thought... I thought just bringing out the coffin was enough. I didn't think a member of the Dark Order needed to get out of it either.
1: And you know what? I'll even, I'll even placate. Like I love the dancing with the coffin. I, I want that set to the. Uh, I don't know what country in Africa it is, but the uh, the meme that goes around with the, uh, with, the uh, with the with the with the dancing coffin. Anytime somebody you know makes a good burn, have you seen that one?
0: Yeah, yeah, or or poor decision. I, yeah poor decision. I, I,
1: I want I want that put to the aew bringing out the coffin thing but once Brody Lee comes out, everybody is on edge and everybody's serious that's that's all I need you can temper the comedy you can have it until Brody comes out and then he's he's just a badass and uh you know that's what I want
0: I think they need more defined roles too like uno needs to uh, uno needs to have a more kind of concrete role well, in- uno
1: has a cool well see I view uno as I don't think you're as big a nerd in comic book dumb as I am necessarily. You can fight me on that if you'd like. Uh, but in DC Comics, you have Darkseid, but you have his uh, you have his clarion caller called Glorious Godfrey, who comes out and makes yes the the benevolent Darkseid will be coming. You know he that's that's evil Uno to me, and I think he's perfect at it. He's kind of a flunky in his own right. There was a character like this in the. Uh, in the Avengers or was it Avengers or yeah, it was the Avengers movie where, you know, the guy who comes to the planet and it says, yes, do not worry about Thanos. You know, you, you, he has come to free you of your, you know, whatever. I, I like that. I like that kind of character. I think Uno plays it well.
0: I'm not, uh, my world's not on fire for Scorpio sky and Matt Cardona against the dark order. Uh, I I'm <laughs> it's just, Dude, it's a lot of Dark Order. It's I, I like Mr. Brody Lee, and I like the promo he did here. I don't really like the direction they're taking the Dark Order.
1: No one's said a damn thing about Matt Cardona other than it's Matt Cardona. He hasn't cut a promo. They haven't told us why he's here. They haven't told us his purpose. All they've told us is that, and they've talked about his love of action figures. We're, he's just a dude, and I'm just like... And he, I think they may have just extended his contract because he was only supposed to be in, I believe, for four weeks. But are we doing something with him or not? You got to let us know as a viewer. Then
0: uh-huh. we had the soap opera backstage of the Bucks and uh, Adam Page. Yeah. Big Swole defeats uh, Penelope Ford and Reba Rebel. This is uh, poor. We can yeah. move on. Just yeah, keep going. It, it was poor. Um, <laughs> then uh, we had the. OK, let's talk about the Moxie angle. We haven't talked about the Moxie MJF angle yet.
1: Yeah, I look the past couple of weeks. I've said it's gone way too much into camp for MJF, in my opinion. Uh, but I liked his promo on here. I. I'm not sure I liked Moxley's promo, per se. I just, he's he's a little too loosey-goosey for my tastes at times. I don't know how you feel about him.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't think that they really got on the same page about what they're doing in this story here. And it started off as a campaign, and now it's morphed into... A legal stipulation, but like this guy's not a lawyer, right? Like Moxley's gonna have a wrestling match against this guy and he's not a lawyer in the same way that MGF is not actually hurt.
1: Yeah, so, it, it becomes cutesy oh you didn't read the con it's it's not badass. It's, it's no camp. It's camp stuff. It's like oh God, you, you you put and everything. Has- Moxley
0: never acknowledges the fundamental truth here, though that MJF is not hurt, right. which is which is the dumbest part of all of this. You have and to the call out th- the absurdity. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He he needs to say, "I know you're not hurt. You're you're not, like it's not. Oh, the, it's not the thought of paralyzing you or whatever. I know you're not hurt. I know this move does not just like randomly whatever he wants to say." Um but like he went the wrong direction with it. And I think that the politics and the legal stuff with MJF just got totally convoluted. And now he just has this big goofy entourage and it makes him seem like a, it makes him seem less than when it was just him and Wardlow.
1: Yeah. And I get the shtick of, okay, with the entourage, you have certain bits that you're going to do within there. You abuse the, african-american staffer you tell the girl to smile in a creepy way it's it's not i
0: but that's all like cutesy stuff like you use the right word has cooled
1: off quite a bit yeah in my opinion you know i I want him to be an asshole i don't want him to be uh I, i don't want him to be
0: He's an asshole most of the time, and when things get really hot and heavy, he hides behind Wardlow, who's able to bail him out a lot of the times, not but not all of the time.
1: Right, but there's also that feeling. I mean, he is a Weasley heel, so he's supposed to be that way, and I get that. But there's, um, it's it it's it's dipping in the meta a bit too much for me. That's what it is. Right. You know, he's self aware. He's self aware that all this is kind of going on, as opposed to buying in that he's really a weasel here that that's my thing
0: yeah my thing is i guess that the Wardlow part of the act is totally lost inside yeah. of all of this legal and oh, politics especially stuff.
1: with like the secret service thing you know, you know he's the bodyguard but he has an earpiece and you're like okay whatever uh and then we get to friday's show uh smackdown tonight uh sammy Zayn returned very happy about that <laughs> the complex stylings of Shorty G, is he a heel or is he not? This he's week, still he's going not. for the
0: King's Ransom because he doesn't know what the word ransom means.
1: <laughs> uh, we had uh, Bailey and Sasha. In my opinion, this was a 50-50 promo. 50% of it was really good and 50% of it was just two-staged. Not natural enough, a little bit too on the nose with the uh, with, with the uh, with the impending doom of it all, as opposed to all the to, staring
0: at the belts. Yes, li- the
1: starings yeah. at the belts constantly. We get it. Have them try and patch their friendship up while having that as underlying. Just give a glance and let us go along with this ride like we're not stupid. We get it. We've been watching this the whole time reward us as opposed to go oh yeah what we were doing here was breaking them up the entire time it's like yes i don't need i don't need the billboard guys um but of course the biggest story coming out of this it's not a uh what is it it's it's not a prediction it's a spoiler looks like roman reigns is a paul Heyman guy which makes this brawn fiend triple threat type thing There ain't no good guys in it yet. Uh, But I'm kind of here for Heyman hyping up uh, Roman. What do you think? I am
0: here for Paul Heyman rebooting Roman Reigns a little bit. And I think that a full-on Roman heel turn, I I get how some people want to cheer him right now, and I understand why, especially given his personal life. He makes a very compelling babyface on some level. However, I think that Paul Heyman might be able to give him that heel edge that he needs, and it also gives him a bunch of fresh pairings of people to go up against.
1: I have a concern. I think I because we don't know yet if Roman's a heel. We don't. This could be faux babyface Heyman, you know stringing roman along until brock comes in and kills him type of thing i hope it's not i i would love to see heal roman reigns here a, you know the shield yeah but you, you always knew they were kind of grooming him for the turn i i legit kind of want to see evil evil dick for lack of a better term roman reigns and i want to see if people cheer that I I think people would cheer him as a heel.
0: Yes. I think he would. Yeah, right. I I think it would solidify him with that section of the audience he's always had a hard time connecting with. And I think when he turned face again subsequently, you wouldn't be swimming upstream as hard as they have been in front of live audiences for so long.
1: I could see them also just kind of gilding the lily a bit and just kind of making him lone wolf, so to speak, but with a manager. Uh, But I'd like to see him go full heel, quite frankly. I think that'd be my my play if I were him. But, uh, look, I I never mind having Paul Heyman on my screen. I know that he can be repetitive at times, but he's one of those guys when he opens his mouth, I'm going to listen.
0: Yeah, I think he can deliver a 10-minute talking promo and it can actually occupy that time. And like, it can uh, connect. Yes. And that's, and that's the thing. Right. That none
1: of these pro- like God. a
0: lot of these promos are they're so robotic. Uh, ro- I mean, Randy, when Orton, you-
1: every Randy Orton promo to me sounds like sounds sounds like they've given him like like, like they want him to sound menacing, but he's just half assing it. And he's just when I go to SummerSlam. I'm going to decimate you, and I'll give you the three, three most important letters in the WWE, R-K-O, and you'll never see it coming. Tagline and out. Give me my check. I'm out of there. Heyman, at least, you know, Heyman's putting some life into this dead stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't have to worry about Heyman saying the phrase head on a swivel, which I I mean, I've heard it out of a lot of WWE performers over the years, but never has it felt more unnatural than coming out of Matt Riddle's mouth tonight.
1: Oh, God, there's another guy. It's just like, do do you guys get what he is? Or are you just going to because God knows that promo. Oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to break his feet. And he looks like he just came out of high school. It's like, do you think this stuff is helping him? Do you think that this is building him up in any way? And is that part of the plan? And you're just like, oh my God, what what are you doing they with this? They talked about kid? his
0: disgusting toes. Like, yes. it's not just like, I'm going to break his feet. It was, he's got gross toes, which, like, just saying that about anyone, especially if you've ever known someone who has actually gross toes, is like, that. that is a damning indictment. Like, no, like, uh, Th- that's, that that hurts Matt Riddle's baby face tendencies. Let's put it yes. that way.
1: Yes, and you're just like, that. that's crap that should never make it on TV, ever. Ever. You protect these guys. Uh, but that is Adam gr- Pierce found the Firefly Funhouse. Vince McMahon knows the address and where it is. In whatever arena he's in, Vince McMahon gives guys costumes now to go find the Firefly Funhouse. That's no canon, Chris. That's a story beat.
0: I liked the definitely a poster or painting that Vince McMahon owns of the psychedelic telecaster behind him tonight uh, (laughs) in in his office. I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely something Vince looks at on a regular basis.
1: Did he just put a whole mouthful of rocks in his mouth before speaking? Because, God, I've never heard him sound worse.
0: And, And then he also went into, like... 1985 abusive boss where he's oh, like yeah. yeah where he's like threatening to throw Adam Pierce through we're the door. <laughs> uh, how about you get a couple of people to
1: grab you and
0: and, and they'll, they'll ram you into the door. How about you try that?
1: Pal. I, would, I wanted subtitles because he was sounding like a uh, an alien from Star Wars when they were still wearing rubber masks and sh- spouting gibberish as opposed to being <laughs> as opposed to being. Poor racial stereotypes in some ways. Um,
0: <laughs> he sounded fantastic on the subwoofers, though. He really registered. Oh
1: my god! Yes, the bass came through.
0: <laughs> Vince, Vince's appearances on these shows have been so weird in recent
1: weeks. I, I would have paid a certain amount of money if Adam Pierce had taken the the uh, <laughs> the garment bag and go. Just one of your terrible suits and ties, like you wear. <laughs> Uh, I get the I get the Pee-wee's Playhouse thing. But but, but now we're going to get Adam Pierce dressing up as different characters every week, aren't we?
0: Yeah, no. Now now that Vince has seen this, he likes it and he, he will left. ride this joke into the ground.
1: Yeah, oh god, yeah. I <laughs> But but now if anybody ever needs to find the Fun House, they just go to Vince. And Vince, where is it this week?
0: It's a shame him and Chris Jericho are not on the same page because in a lot of ways, their humor sensibilities line up where they like find one joke and then they just ride that one joke into the ground. And like if Jericho and Vince could find the same joke that they both like, they could make our lives miserable every week for like months on end.
1: <laughs> you know, goddamn, how we never think of that orange suit gimmick.
0: I, I saw that. <laughs> you an orange juice man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> wait, how how did we not think of the Mimosa match first? All right. I figured it out. Shorty G, the G's now for grapefruit. I'm gonna take one of the... <laughs> take one of the Lucha House Party. We're gonna give him a drinking problem with tequila. We're gonna have a Paloma... <laughs> The mimosa match yeah, the is, is totally attack. a
0: Vince idea, right? Like, Vince is. If Vince sees that, he might hate it, but, like, secretly, he wishes that he came up with that. Oh, I idea. know he
1: does. I, you know he's going out. How come we couldn't think of that for quick? We need a drink. We need a drink combination of some kind to put on here. Grapefruit soda and tequila is a part of Otis is going to have,
0: like, a meat tub match or something <laughs> with somebody.
1: Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's what I remembered out I of SmackDown. Sasha Banks came in, emasculated three dudes, and left. And I just went, there you go.
0: Not just oh. three dudes. Not just three dudes. Three powerhouse dudes. Not just three powerhouse dudes. One guy who's on a main event push right now. The <laughs> other guy who's the money in the bank briefcase holder.
1: Oh, I'm going to have championship cred rolling down. The thing. Oh, you boys playing with your meat? Dead. I like it's (laughs) funny,
0: but like at the same time, you've got to protect the powerhouse dudes. And and those three guys should have really been putting on a stunt show.
1: Money in the bank, briefcase holder, and the guy you have a potential rocket on and this...
0: Ms. and Morrison should have been getting tossed around the ring, and Sheamus should have been like, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm done. All right, cool. You guys, oh, you enjoyed that. It should have been a demolition derby of Ms. and Morrison, though.
1: Hey, Chris, does anybody like each other anymore? Because you had Lucha House Party, you have the Ms. Morrison Sheamus group, you have Bailey and Sasha, you have Sonya and Mandy,
0: Shinsuke and Shinsuke Cesaro. And
1: Cesaro. You know, does anybody, is anybody allowed to have friends anymore?
0: god i think what annoys me is it's telling the same story like you have the original genesis of this story as being like a meme idea which was sasha and bailey and now it's just rippled into all of these shadow it's plots.
1: focus from bailey and sasha exactly That's the problem right me is that this should be really your main event angle is this breakup, and you have all these other similar stories that are telling the same story that are going to take away from this riveting thing that, look, I I don't know how it does ratings-wise in terms of those two and the numbers, but I know, at least in media and on message boards and stuff, Sasha Bailey and Asuka are the things carrying this company in terms of wrestling fans. Why would you ever hurt that? And then you have that happening right now. I I just don't get that.
0: Then we had Alexa Bliss and her hair change, which they did need to tell me looked like the fiend because I could not glean that by the pink tips.
1: Well, remember the story of the of the fiend, whoever he comes in contact with reverts to a previous gimmick. And this looks like Harley Quinn, Alexa Bliss is coming back.
0: Oh, it's I'm, not a previous gimmick. It's just they changed because Seth Rollins ran into the fiend and then he changed into the Monday Night Messiah.
1: Yeah, but he was kind of like, yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, we have this payback card on Sunday because we have to have back to back pay-per-views to try and screw over AEW, Chris. So, we're getting this thrown-together slapdash card. Six matches announced so far, but I'm sure that some will be added. Maybe probably a U.S. title match involving Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy in some way. I'm cool with that, but uh, go through this card, see what you think. Starting off with Matt Riddle versus King Corbin.
0: I got Matt Riddle winning.
1: Boy. Boy. He got the upper hand though tonight.
0: There is always the chance though that Baron Corbin. Need the
1: heat, Need the heat brother.
0: Yeah, and he's uh He he's a his, guy. His he's they sucks. I love Baron Corbin. Su- I like Baron he's Corbin. He's not bad, but like his character is so bad that it's hard to really get past that and look at his otherwise passable if not inspired ring work
1: the fact that he takes it so seriously and he looks like he just came off the set of a used dvd player warehouse or something where i'm the king of used appliances (laughs) and now i'm the king of wrestling i I just i you'll not find a
0: better deal (laughs) in the kingdom of west chicopee come down to big al's appliance emporium
1: near trenton on the <laughs> it would exit i-95 <laughs> it has to be jersey because yeah um i got corbin winning this okay and, by by crook maybe by shorty g assistance in some oh way. and
0: and then that's how he's gonna try to get the king's ransom
1: and then he's gonna and then shorty g's gonna be dressed as like a squire i i, I know this is coming it's coming Just give it to me Uh, Dominic Mysterio and Ray Mysterio taking on Seth Rollins and Murphy. Uh, I think this could over deliver, uh, but I think they're still setting up for the Ray versus Seth match. So I think Seth and Murphy win this.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. I think, uh, that, you know, it's another by crook thing. I think, okay. Who gets the pin? Who gets pinned? Is it Dominic or is it Ray?
1: Oh, it's Dominic. Okay. Dominic can take the pin. All right. Because then he goes to the side and roots on his dad. Uh, oh, you know what? Alistair Black may come out and, like, kick, like, one of them in the head or something.
0: Oh, maybe Aleister Black aligns himself with Seth Rollins.
1: Yeah, can't beat him, join him type thing.
0: Well, yeah, and they, he also oh. used to have beef with Murphy, too.
1: Oh, well, I forgot. Austin Theory showed up on NXT because everybody problematic is now back.
0: Boy, that was interesting. I was surprised by that.
1: But not on the main roster because that's a little bit too much heat. We're going to sneak him onto the NXT show. Um, yeah, I think Alistair Black's your third. Keith Lee against Randall Orton.
0: Oh, I think Keith Lee loses here. I think Randy Orton wins.
1: <sighs> I think that'd be such a bad move.
0: Oh, I think it's a bad move. But I, the the only alternative would be non-finish. I I don't think Keith Lee is beating Randy Orton.
1: Randy, though, has to win, not in a clean way, so that we can say, no, we're not really burying Keith Lee. Like, maybe Drew comes down to root him on, and Keith tries to save him and gets kicked in the head or something like that and gets pinned. I I don't know. It's going to be overbooked, I think, to try and keep both strong, and it's not going to do anybody any favors. I just... Yeah, I, I, I gotta go with I Orton just, here.
0: I don't get calling up Keith Lee to be a major loser in this angle, but I just don't see any other way that he comes out of Sunday here. Well, we
1: humble him first, even though we made him a big star during the Royal Rumble.
0: You right? humble to heat him up. That's how yes. you do it. That's yeah. wrestling.
1: You tear him down to then build them back up. Chris, work with Daniel Bryan. Damn it, um, Apollo Cruz versus Bobby Lashley.
0: I think Bobby Lashley beats Apollo Cruz.
1: I do as well. I think we finally get the Cedric Alexander turn as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: The Fiend versus Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. I think Roman. I think the. I think the Fiend is having a one-week run. I think oh,
0: interesting. I, okay, see, I view the Roman Reigns turn here as the indicator that we're going to keep the belt on the fiend but now that you say it like this it makes me wonder maybe the fiend really is going to have a one week run as champion and he'll just do some sort of skit in the firefly funhouse to explain it all we split
1: them we split him off against Braun. we put roman reigns with say daniel bryan or someone else i just i i think they're going to go for star power here i think they're i think they're really going to try and think WWE is going to be hot again if we build up Roman. So I think Roman's the guy.
0: Maybe even Roman versus
1: Goldberg again.
0: The Fiend needs to find the red light and put that on during the match so that he's invulnerable.
1: You don't have to turn on the red light.
0: You do if you want to be the Fiend and you have to get the little
1: squee-wee-woo,
0: that noise. You have to get that going. And if you do that, then you can't be hurt.
1: And then finally, because it's my main event, I don't care about anybody else. Bailey and Sasha Banks bickering. Sasha will get her vengeance. Versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, <laughs> who are also fighting with each other, even though Nia Jax can't fight and is terrible at it.
0: Oh my God. Like the. When they were on the screen and it was Shayna. And Naya like bickering with each other and like there's no one who can get me to not hate this person except for you two uh like that whole thing and the
1: bad camera cuts in between the two teams bickering where they don't have it on the right focus at a certain time to catch a look it was oh yeah Baszler and Jax are winning this aren't they
0: I don't know. I think maybe Bailey and uh, Sasha hang on it's to and give we it. And li- continue the burn. Yeah, to give it a little bit more time. Like they get they get through it, but it's like Sasha basically like dragging takes control, takes yes. control and gets rid of right. Bailey
1: and says, "See, I can do it without you. I don't need your help." Right, something like that. that. Yeah, that would actually be a good idea. I, I would like that a lot. I just I, I think they can't help themselves. I, I don't know. I, I think oh God, now I'm re, now I'm thinking about my thinking. This is dumb. Go with go with the direct thing that you th- okay, no. Baszler and Jax are gonna have a feud. right. We're not gonna do the uh, we're not gonna do the tag team partners that hate each other because we have that as the champs. No, you're right. Sasha takes control of this match, wins it on her own. Shoves Bailey when she tries to cheat, or something to that effect. Says, "I am the blueprint. I am the standard. I am this. I am that." Gets the pin,
0: like a frog splash off the top on Anaya. Something that's like a baby face style pin, too. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, yeah. No, I'll have them retain. And if they did that, it would make me very, very happy. If we're right on this one, that would make me happy. I, I can, I can, I can. I can deal with anything except screwing up this Bailey Sasha story because I've gotten invested in something on the main roster for the first time in a while.
0: It's been a fun story up until the SummerSlam inability to deliver the narrative
1: yeah that just drove me nuts but
0: well uh, yeah no for sure like i mean it was staring them in because th- then they knew the story that they wanted to tell on monday so it becomes really inexplicable like why didn't it happen on sunday night
1: if you are watching this in the thunderdome do not put stupid crap up there you can follow me at crap game 13 you can follow chris at chris Novembrino. you can follow the show at shake them ropes once again, we'd like to thank my bookie use code ropes, get double your deposit, go bet on this card, go bet on Roman reigns if he's still still an because maybe that uh yeah well, i <laughs> look I don't encourage to you know sp- don't spend the rent money, but if you got a little throw around money the the rest of the odds, I didn't see anything that that I liked but uh hey, betting on pro wrestling where else can you do that but uh Well, actually, in Europe and America, and I'm blowing this. But anyways, thank thank you to my bookie, Use the Code Ropes, Double Your Deposit. Chris has been uh, knee-deep in convention stuff. Uh, Tell us about Don't Worry About the Government.
0: Yeah, you can check out Don't Worry About the Government. Actually, the next episode is going to be looking at uh, world news stuff. So if you want to get away from convention-y sort of things and see what's going on around the world... Go and Do check out plug
1: d- two. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate
0: yeah, no, it's OK. It's OK. I, I decided to counter program the conventions because I, I had a hunch the ratings would be down. And uh, we like to talk about the ratings here on this show. Um, so I'll mention them on that show. Don't worry. TV is where you can find that on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify um, and Patreon dot com slash D.W.A.T.G. Uh, and at Chris Novembrino, as he said. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Um, and don't be a jerk on the Thunderdome.
1: Rest in peace, Bob Armstrong.